welcome, welcome, welcome back. We've just stopped our Facebook Live broadcast, and we are on our podcast recording for the Ask the People podcast, where my co-host Bruce Hutchin and I, Ace Luciano, hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman, hunter, uh, I'm sorry, husband, father, and American patriot, go and talk with people around the country about things like freedom, rights, and basically try and get our finger on the pulse of the American people and, and more specifically, uh, people in the outdoor world and industry. Today we got a great guy, one of my dear friends and a stalwart in the outdoor and hunting industry, Kevin Paulson of huntinglife.com. Kevin, welcome back to the Ask the People podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing great, doing great. A little warm here, but doing great. A little warm. A little <laughs> It's a little warm where I am too. We've hit a hundred degrees five times, five days in a row here, about a month. No way! <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! It's a hundred degrees here in Phoenix, a scorcher, and of course everyone's stuck at home, which doesn't really matter because, like I told someone the other day, if we're a hundred degrees, guess where everybody is? They don't go outside. Uh, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say they're gonna be at home anyway. <laughs> now, one thing that people do a lot of here when the, when it's hot is they go to movies, which they can't do now, and that's another one of those you know free to uh, peaceably assemble like the movie theaters are hurting Hollywood is hurting I know one of my favorite 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 movie uh, lines and and series like the de uh, deferred their opening and their premiere of the chain of movies that I have seen the premiere of in the movie theater Every single movie since I was eight years old. Can you guess what that is? Uh, James Bond. Good guess. James wow. Bond. James Bond. Exactly. And it's. Uh, I only knew that because uh, I no know how old you are. <laughs> yeah, that's how old I am. Right. True. So I didn't see like the original ones, but ever since uh, the very first James Bond movie I saw in the theater was Never Say Never Again. It was Sean Connery's last role as James Bond. And I've seen every single James Bond premiere in the theater since then. I can't say that a lot about about a lot of different chains, like Star Wars, oh, I've yeah. seen the, you know, the Avengers, right? The big, big, big ones. But since I was a little kid, oh, and I've seen every Rocky movie in the theater, every single one. <clears throat> but yeah, I've seen I've seen every Rocky movie. I've seen every James Bond movie, but not necessarily in the theater. I have not seen the last two Star Wars movies because I just honestly don't care. You're not missing yeah, much. We're streaming. Everybody, everybody, yeah, everybody who told me was like, ah, uh, yeah, you could miss that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, think of the ripple effect. We were talking when we left the Facebook Live broadcast about just the, the, the huge ripple effect in the economy of closing a few things. And people don't realize how dependent we are on events i mean half of our economy is based around and on events if you consider a group of people in events there's a movie every night you know well you know you were talking about we, we were talking about baseball and you know chicago the wrigley field oh, yeah. you know the bars that are around wrigley field bring in between one and five million dollars a day yeah every single day there's a baseball game and i don't know the exact number but it's somewhere in that range and and you know, depending upon who they're playing, probably, as right. depends upon, you know, what, what they bring in. And uh, to, for Chicago, 
you know, average blue collar American workers working in those bars and in those hot dog stands, et cetera, those yeah. individuals, we're not talking millionaires here. We're talking like average real Americans that are, you know, good, hardworking, blue collar men and women are taking it very, very hard because they're not able to earn a living. And We're talking um, about college kids, single moms, you know, aspiring actors and actresses. We're talking about people maybe working a second job to get a little further ahead in life. Uh, any, uh, if you took a cross-sectional slice of America, you could find it in every one of those restaurants, right? There's probably a representative, oh, if you think 10 restaurants, there's a representative of everything. High economy, low economy, you know, rich, poor, uh, middle class, maybe immigrant, natural born, they're all there, right? They're all there working Absolutely. and they're all affected by this. And they're affected through a decision that could arguably be made, was made for them without their permission or consideration. And I think it's important that people remember that the, this country was not founded on the opinions of the populace. It was not founded on whatever is popular. It was not founded on what's good for the most people. This country was founded on the basic rights and the basic beliefs and morals of the individual. That's what the Constitution does, is it protects the rights of the individual. So when you violate the rights on the most basic level of the individual in the name of the masses, right, you're essentially doing a doing substantial damage to the country because the country while it does have masses and it does have a lot of groups and a lot of people you're talking about breaking down it would be like taking apart a house by just slicing out the foundation right you yeah can't certainly not a house without the foundation yeah, certainly not the ethics and the morals and the, the philosophy of how we built this country. We built this country on the back of the American worker. And it's the American worker and the individual in this country that needs to come first every single day. And at this moment, I mean, I don't know the answers to what they should or shouldn't be doing in regards to COVID. I don't have the answers. But what I am seeing is incredibly scary the number of personal freedoms that are being taken away every single day. And it doesn't seem to be getting better as we've gone through this. Um, you know, I'm uh, incredibly um, um, proud of, of our government, but at the same time, they also scare the hell out of me. So, you know, we're in a situation right now where uh, I'm, I'm super nervous. I'm like a cat walking in a room full of uh, rocking chairs. Well, I tell you, and that's that's a good way to put it, because nobody, nobody wants people to get sick and die. No one says it's fine that people get sick and die, right? I haven't heard a single politician say that. I haven't a single person say that, because it's not okay. People, I've, I've always believed that people are inherently good. And people do things from a position of goodness. Sometimes that goodness is is not the correct way to do things, and what do I mean by that? Well, for example, the argument that people have, uh, you know, of we have athletes that make millions of dollars for playing a game, and yet teachers, you know, make a make a pittance, you know, comparatively. 
But when you consider the value that a professional athlete delivers and the billions of dollars in revenue they generate for the team and the town and the, and the, you know, the sneaker manufacturers, and it goes out like, when you consider them, their compensation as a function of their value, they're actually probably underpaid, right? And not that teachers aren't important and not that they don't do a great job, but, you know, they're building their impact on those children is limited and it's a public position. I can assure you there's no professor at Harvard that's poor, right? Elizabeth Warren got 400 grand a year to teach one class there. I mean, it's not like that, you know, that's in private institutions, they make more, but to, to, to have that comparison and say, well, okay, everybody should be equal under their comp you know, compensatory levels that's really not a good way to look at things. And that's what we're doing now. And I'll give you a great example. I do not get a stimulus check. How about that? I don't qualify for a stimulus check. I pay an obscene amount of taxes every year. It's ungodly. And then this whole thing comes to the countries and my wife got laid off from her job. She got, she's been off work for five weeks. We don't get a stimulus check. Here's a better one. She filed her unemployment claim the day she was let go five weeks ago. We still haven't gotten a check. Now we're fortunate in that, you know what? She works for a lot of extra things like an early retirement, you know, maybe a nice family vacation, paying for college tuition, you know, the next couple of years. That's why she works. We're not gonna lose our house. We're not gonna lose our, you know, our vehicles. As a matter of fact, we just bought a car three days ago right? Just because it's a great time. If you, if you have to buy things, now is the time because people are for selling sure. things for sure. at, a, you know, yeah. at a great discount. So it's a great time. And this is what always happens is the people that, that have money and I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm certain, and I'm not poor, we're square in the middle. If you drew a line in the middle, I'm probably very close to the exact middle of the country, right? And yet I don't get any money but I pay money. Just like if I got, you know, if I lost my income tomorrow, the maximum unemployment that Arizona has is under $300 a week. Like there are weeks that that's the grocery bill here. If we have friends over or something, like who, who, can, who can live on that, right? And yet that amount is the same that somebody that makes the minimum wage here, which is I think $12 an hour now, the minimum wage, 12 bucks an hour, they get that same $300 a week. It's actually $264 a week, right? And compare it to, even though I pay a great deal more in taxes, I pay a great deal more in unemployment insurance, I pay like tens of thousands more, but they make us equal on that level. So you can't, the, the whole point of being a country based on individual rights and individual freedoms says you can't go by what's best for the popular vote or the popular people. That doesn't work. And this whole thing with COVID and the, the uh, quarantine and all that, that's really what this is. It's what's gonna get us the most support so we can get reelected in November. And while that's important to them, it's detrimental to the country. There is no politician today going hungry.
There's no politician today not able to put food on the table. From the highest levels of government to the lowest levels of government, their checks are coming every day. But there are business owners out there that literally have closed their 30-year-old business that employed a dozen people for 20 years, you know, or sometimes all 30 years. Now all those people have nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I've talked to I've talked to over 50 different business owners in the past five weeks that are literally shutting their business. They're they're done. They're, uh, you know, I actually I actually was interview. I was I was literally interviewing with a company uh, to come on board as a consultant uh, as the crisis hit, uh, and they. Um, as uh, I was finishing up basically our last round of negotiation, South by Southwest was canceled. And that was the first big indicator that I knew something big was happening. And I was like, hey, I think you need to, you're gonna need to stop and take a look at your business model and pivot, begin to pivot really, really quickly. And that's gonna take a tremendous amount of consulting effort. I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not the fix for that. You're going to need a different level of consultant for that. And so, you know, I made a recommendation to him. Um, you told him to call me, didn't you? 11, 11 employees, <laughs> uh, 11 employees uh, yeah. in the facility, uh, yeah. three warehouses, uh, phenomenal company, uh, cash positive. Mm -hmm. uh, today, uh, they are two employees left. Uh, and they will not make it through this crisis. They will not be around in the next two months. They are literally trying to figure out how at this moment to uh, sell the assets that they have as a company so that they can shutter the business properly. That's the situation. Um, you know, 11 employees and an owner and the families and the children that are involved with those families uh, all are being affected by this one situation. That's just one company that I've talked to. Um, I believe uh, probably half of the outfitters in Africa, South Africa, will be out of business this year um, because they will not be able to make it from a cash flow positive situation to make it through. Um, I believe I'll disagree that, with you on that, but I think it's gonna be big. I don't think it'll be half, but the nice thing about African game, they live, pretty well on their own what they're going to have trouble with there is poaching because once you have the animals there they the cost to maintain them is relatively low they are a much higher roi than cattle or sheep because they don't have to supplementally feed them right yeah. i think they, the quality i think the i think the higher quality outfitters will be just fine yeah i think I the operation i think the operations that were on the edge or the lower quality outfitters, none of I don't think any of them will survive because without cash positive cash flow and and deposits coming in, or if they had to take any of the cash deposits that they had and they are they end up returning those back to the customers and they do the right thing, I don't think those individuals will survive because there there were, and I think that a, a good majority of of um, businesses are not well managed anyway and so this is this will be a mass cleaning for those businesses that weren't properly managed anyway well and i'll tell you what's happening right now is they're starting to 
Well, I can just speak from the experience that we have. And in our camp, it employs about 40 people. You know, just in the in the one camp. That's just one camp, main camp. It employs 40 people. None of those people are working right now. Right? Now, their wage is what many here would consider a pittance wage. But they have much more important things to the people there, and that's food, health care, right? Transportation, you know, when their children are sick, they see a doctor. When like those are a big in rural Africa, that's a huge deal. 